Pitchers and catchers have reported, and let's look at the prospects who are non-roster invitees in the American League. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Okay, so I initially wanted to do the Friday show and just go through all of the prospects who are non-roster invitees or are in spring training. And I realized that if we try to hit all 30 shows or all 30 teams in a 30-minute show, it's very little analysis here. So we're going to go with the American League today and the National League tomorrow and look at uh, some of the prospects in camp with each team, talk about who might have a chance to make the roster and what role they could play. and. Most people want to start this conversation with the Baltimore Orioles, right? We're going to start in the East, but we're going to start with the New York Yankees because this is an interesting group of prospects that are in camp. Uh, Some guys who we don't expect to make it and then some guys who are probably good enough to make it, but you've got questions about where the fit is. So this list, some of the ranked prospects in camp for the Yankees, Jason Dominguez, recovering from August Tommy John surgery, is apparently supposed to be ready to start taking swings soon. I don't think he'll be ready for for opening day, but he's at least going to be ready to take swings. He had his surgery remarkably close to when Shohei Otani had his, and Otani took batting practice just the other day. Spencer Jones, our tall king, is going to be in spring training. Reminder, he is not Aaron Judge, but he is a physical freak. And I am very excited to see what he does in spring training this year. Everson Pereira, another outfielder that's out there. I think given how many outfielders you went out and acquired, right? You went out, you got Alex Verdugo. You got Juan Soto. You got Trent Grisham. You acquired three different lefty hitting outfielders this offseason. It's hard to see where Pereira would fit right away. It feels like you're starting outfielders would be Judge Verdugo Soto with Stanton as your DH and Grisham on your bench as your fourth outfielder. And then also knowing Oswaldo Cabrera can play outfield as well. So I don't know where Pereira gets a chance to get in. I think the better, the more interesting competition or guys competing is catcher and pitcher, right? So catcher, Austin Wells. If Austin Wells can beat Jose Trevino to be the starter... I think it's been a while since a rookie catcher caught 75 games for the Yankees, but I think Austin Wells could be that guy. And then the guy that I'm watching to see how he does in spring, I don't think he's going to make the major league roster, but the guy that I want to see how he does is Ben Rice. We've discussed him before as a guy that we have questions about, can he stick at catcher or not? But the bat is really good. And you're in a situation where at first base, There's not a ton of talent in the system to replace Anthony Rizzo, right? TJ Rumfeld is an NRI in spring training in AAA, from AAA, or actually from AA last year. 
but it feels like Ben Rice has an opportunity to make a case that he should be, he could be Austin Wells' backup in 2025 and get everyday starts at first base if they decide to move on from Rizzo to either save money or just because they want better production than what Rizzo might be able to give if he's still not completely recovered from the health issues last year. So watch your Ben Rice. And then one of the things I'm going to be watching for are the pitchers, right? You've got Chase Hampton, who's not technically an NRI. He's on the 40-man roster, but Chase Hampton. You've got Will Warren. You've got Clayton Beater. I think Yendris Gomez is in there as well, but those are the three pitchers that I'm watching as far as what happens with these guys in spring training, right? Because as of right now, I don't see where you have room for these guys to open the year in the rotation. Garrett Cole's obviously your number one. Carlos Rodon, assuming he's healthy and ready to go, which I've heard he is your number two. Marcus Stroman at three. And then Clark Schmidt and Nestor Cortez, four and five. Cortez has had some injury issues. Schmidt's had some ineffectiveness at times. They both have minor league options. So I think you have a path for whichever pitcher looks the best of Clayton Beater, Will Warren, uh, Chase Hampton could be on the short list to come up and get starts as soon as you need another starter. For the Baltimore Orioles, yes, we have to watch this. It is going to be really interesting. We've had this conversation a little bit before, including on the Orioles show Saturday, last Saturday. But Jackson Holiday, Samuel Basayo, Colton Kowser, Kobe Mayo, Heston Kerstad, I've been saying that wrong apparently, Connor Norby, lots of different infielders here and outfielders in the case of Kowser, where you've got to figure out where everyone's going to play. And there's a ton of ways that you can orient this infield. We've discussed some of this before. You could put Mayo at first. You could put Holiday at second. Gunnar Henderson can stay at short. There's just tons of ways to move things around. Mayo is going to be playing some outfield this year, supposedly in AAA. Maybe they start him with some this year. So watch what happens here, because this could have big ramifications on the Rookie of the Year race. We talked yesterday about Evan Carter. It's probably the favorite in the race and deserves to be, but Jackson Holiday has handled every single obstacle thrown in his way really easily. And so it would be a stunner if he got a full year of playtime and was not one of the top two or three finishers for Rookie of the Year. So if Jackson Holiday earns a job out of spring training, that can really impact the future Rookie of the Year competition in 2024 and could get them the first team to have back-to-back prospect promotion incentive picks. For the Tampa Bay Rays, the big thing I'm watching here is obviously one, Junior Caminero. Does Junior Caminero break camp with the team on opening day? He got called up some late last year. Again, we discussed that kind of happened because it had to happen. You had to find options at shortstop and move guys around. But A lot of the projections I've seen do not have him as the starting third baseman on opening day. And I'll remind you, he doesn't have a ton of time in AAA, so it would make sense. Another interesting one to watch for me, I don't expect Carson Williams to make the team, right? He'll be going back to AA to get a full AA to AAA year. I'm going to be watching, and everydayers have heard this guy a million times from me, I'm going to be watching catcher Dominic Keegan. If you look at the catching talent, on this team. Rene Pinto is uh, projecting to be the starter at catcher. Alex Jackson's a non-roster invitee on the bench. You've seen Alex Jackson. 
He was with the Braves. He was with the Marlins. He was with the Brewers traded him away, and the Brewers have catcher devil magic. So what does that tell you about the chances of this working out? So Dominic Keegan, we've talked about him a lot. We are a lot higher on him than a lot of other prospect ranking outlets and things like that. Watch for Dominic Keegan if he puts up a big a, a big spring training. I'm not saying he'll make the squad. He maxed out at high A last year, but he will be on the short path to making the majors, provided he can just be fine defensively because the bat is arguably a lot closer to being ready than the glove is. When you're looking at the Red Sox, Sedan Rafael is the big one to watch. He's supposedly going to have a chance to win the starting job in center field. Outside of that, Nick York is in, uh, the second baseman, Winkleman Gonzalez. There's not, uh, honestly, there's not a lot of guys who I expect to make the team here. Willier Abreu could potentially get a platoon job in right field. You've got a bunch of outfielders. You could see some some of these guys make the bullpen. Justin Slayton was a Rule 5 pick, so if you don't put him in the bullpen, you have to give him back. Brian Mata is a prospect who is out of options. It's a really rare combination, but he's a guy who could stick as a reliever because of that. And then looking at the Toronto Blue Jays, they've got to figure out both second and third. You've got a lot of options as far as guys who can play those positions. We talked about this in the in Toronto's show, but Addison Barger, Leo Jimenez, Damiano Palmagani, Aurelvis Martinez. Like you've got a lot of options for third base and for second base. Uh, Spencer Horwitz, obviously first base outfield. You don't really necessarily have a full time DH on this roster. Correction, I forgot you signed Justin Turner. Okay, so you do have a DH option there, which means any guy that you're trying to fit into a spot has to, like for second base or third base, has to, one, be able to play defense, and two, can they beat out Kevin Biggio, who's been there for a while, or Davis Schneider, who had an explosive debut last year, but there's questions about the sample size on that. In just a minute, let's talk about the Central. There's some interesting stuff to watch here, including what Detroit does to find room for Justin Henry Malloy. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode's brought to you by a new sponsor, Backblaze. They make backing up and accessing your data astonishingly easy. It's unlimited cloud backups for Macs, for PCs, and for businesses for just $99 a year. You have a centrally managed admin console. You can protect all of the data on all of your machines. And for businesses, you can deploy it across multiple workstations with various deployment options. They have an add-on enterprise control. You can do single sign-on, get granular with your access permissions, all kind of stuff like that. It's useful if you have a data loss event or if you are dealing with ransomware and you have to restore from a backup. You can access that backed up data from anywhere in the world. They have a web app, they have an iOS app, they have an Android app, or they have a restore by mail function. You can send a hard drive, they will put your data on it, and ship it back to your door. They've restored over 55 billion files for customers. So visit backblaze.com locked on MLB. Backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. They'll know where you came from. They'll they'll continue to support the show because they'll see it. And if you want more information on Backblaze, there is a ton of write-ups on them. The New York Times, Inc. Magazine, Livewire, Macworld, PC World, Tom's Guide, Wired, 9to5Mac, a bunch of websites have wrote, written about these folks. And if you want to give it a shot, 
before you commit to spending money, you can receive a fully featured, no-risk-free trial at backblaze.com slash MLB. So go there, play with it, start protecting yourself and your data today. Okay, so looking at the American League Central and some of the teams that are uh, have invited prospects to spring training, the Detroit Tigers are an interesting one to me because I think they have a good chance at being surprisingly competitive in the AL Central. People like a lot of people don't realize this, and I wasn't one hundred percent on this until I checked the standings when I was preparing for that week of previews. The Tigers finished second in the Central last year. And so, obviously, with Colt Keith signing that extension, he is your opening day second baseman, barring some sort of massive collapse, right? But the big thing for me is, where do you play Justin Henry Malloy? He had one, I think he had the most or second most walks in all of the minors last year. And he's listed as a third base slash outfield. But when you watch him play, he very much is more of an outfielder than a uh, third baseman. And so Parker Meadows is going to be your center fielder. You saw enough from him last year where you feel good with that. We're looking at, I've seen draw a drawn up where you have Mark Canna in left and Riley Green in right. I've seen some folks discuss maybe putting Riley Green in left because of that field and having to cover it. And then DH is Kerry Carpenter. So where does Justin Henry Malloy fit into this lineup? And I honestly believe that Akil Badu, who's 25 years old, he was a Rule 5 pick. They kept him on the roster for an entire year. I wonder if his bench job is in jeopardy. Yes, he can cover center field for you if you need that. But theoretically, Riley Green could do that as well. And so if you're looking for a place to fit Justin Henry Malloy as a platoon bat, there's a question of does Akil Badu lose his job, get DFA'd, sent back to the minors, or do you send Matt Veerling down? Both of them do have options left. So you don't necessarily have to get rid of them, but you can send them down and you can put in Justin Henry Malloy as an option. When you look at some of the pitching, Jackson Job is going to be a super fun to watch. I don't expect him to grab a starting spot. I don't expect him to break the rotation, obviously. But I want to see what he does. And then you look at some of the other pitchers who could potentially grab a bullpen role or a rotation role. I like the rotation. I don't know if any of these prospects break into the rotation. Tariq Skubal, Jack Flaherty, Kenta Maeda, Matt Manning, Reese Olsen. You're going to have Casey Mize coming back. From Tommy John at some point in time, he had that and a back injury. You're going to have him coming back. But Ty Madden is a later in the year if he looks great in spring training option. Sawyer Gibson Long, we saw a bit of him last year. This is going to be a really intriguing thing to watch. What do they do in the outfield? And then who makes a case to get called up later in the year in the starting rotation when you need your 7th or 8th or ninth pitcher of the year? Minnesota Twins is actually a pretty boring list. Austin Martin's going to come in with an opportunity to be a, a utility guy between the infield and the outfield. Simeon Woods Richardson's going to be looking for some sort of role at the major league level. The big question really is Brooks Lee. Where do you play Brooks Lee? Does Brooks Lee make the squad or not? And if you remember us talking about the Minnesota Twins, the issue here is even after making a bunch of these trades, 
you kind of have your infield set, right? You can put Julian at second, Royce Lewis at third, Correa is at short, and then on the bench, you still have Willie Castro, Kyle Farmer. And so where does Brooks Lee play? Who gets moved? If Byron Buxton can continue to play center field, then I think you have the potential to use Julian at DH. But right now, your DH is Alex Kirilov because you signed Carlos Santana. And so, is it going to take multiple injuries for Brooks Lee to make it up, or does he play his way onto the roster? It's one of the big questions for me for the Minnesota Twins, as well as just what this rotation looks like and how it does. But just really curious to see what this infield alignment looks like. And do you, again, do you play Julian at second? Does Brooks Lee have a spot? And if Julian's a DH or at first base, who between Kirilov and Santana loses at bats to accommodate that? You have one more guy than you need right now. But again, depth will work itself out. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to be ineffective. We'll see what happens. For the Kansas City Royals, they brought a lot of pitching in. They're inviting our guy, Mason Barnett, to spring training. He's not going to make the roster, but I'm curious to see what he does with the major leaguers. The big thing I'm going to be watching here, Nick Lofton. Where does Nick Lofton end up? I think he can be a utility guy at the major league level. Uh, Pulling up the depth chart, there are other options to do that same job that Nick Lofton could do, though. And so that's the big question for me, is when you see Nick Lofton, you're like, yeah, he could play infield, he could play outfield, but Adam Frazier can also do that. Garrett Hampson can also do that, and they're making actual money, whereas Nick Lofton is not. And so is this something where Lofton competes and then is in AAA until one of those guys gets hurt or is unavailable, and then he comes up and does it? Curious to see what happens here with the Royals. Looking at the Guardians, we've had this conversation a little bit before, but first base and DH is going to be a question. Devison De Los Santos was your Rule 5 pick. You've got him. You've got Kyle Manzardo, who you traded for from the race for Aaron Savali. And then obviously you have a nailer there at first base already. And so how do you balance these three guys for first base and DH? And to me, it feels as much as everybody wants to just give Kyle Manzardo the job, it feels like he has more flexibility than everybody else. One, he's not on the 40-man roster. So you don't necessarily, not having him come up means you don't have to make a roster move. And then two, Davison De Los Santos as a Rule 5 pick, if you don't keep him, you have to give him back. If you don't keep him on the Major League roster. And so it really feels like he may be your primary option to rotate through DH with Josh Naylor playing first base. And then if he just cannot hit or collapses, That's something where then Kyle Manzardo gets the shot. Now, I could be wrong. They could decide we want Kyle Manzardo playing first base on opening day. And so Naylor is the DH and either Santos is a rotational guy. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Either way, you need the power from one of those two, of Naylor Santos or Manzardo. Manzardo is the better hitter, but Naylor Santos has much less flexibility to make the roster and you've got to give him a shot. So again, curious to see where that works out. And then you've got your infield thing with Andre Jimenez at second, Rokio at short, 
you know, what happens to all your different infielders. Also curious about the outfield. George Valera is an invite. I don't think George Valera is going to make the roster, but we'll see what happens there. The final team, Chicago White Sox. They Big question here is Colson Montgomery, right? Does Colson Montgomery, I assume he doesn't make the team in spring, right? When you look at Colson Montgomery, you're like, you had some injury issues last year, so there's questions there. But then also, you did go out and get multiple options that can play shortstop for you. They traded for Nicky Lopez from the Braves. They signed Paul DeYoung. So you have multiple guys who you could stick in at shortstop and not lose a beat defensively. So Colson Montgomery, I'm assuming they give him some more time to get healthy uh, and to show that he's ready for a promotion. Let's see what happens there. And then you just have to wonder about the outfield. Oscar Colas is a guy we've wondered about for a while. Got some time last year. Couldn't make it work. This year you have Benatendi in left. You have Lou Bob in center. Dominic Fletcher, you just traded for him. I guess he's your right fielder. Kevin Pillar, non-roster invitee, probably on your bench. But can, can Colas or somebody else beat him out for the job? We'll see what happens there. Just a minute, let's talk about the West. I've got a couple questions here, including does Texas find playtime for Justin Foscue and Wyatt Langford? We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Football is over for the year, and so now we are looking at basketball. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet all your favorite NBA players and teams. They have quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So go get your 150 bucks in bonus bets and go check out the MLB odds. Uh, they have Rookie of the Year, all kind of stuff on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn with FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment of Locked On MLB Prospects here uh, on Friday, talking about the American League West and where some of these teams, who we're going to be looking at on opening day to make the roster. The Rangers... Evan Carter, I'm not even questioning if he's going to make the roster. He feels, after the postseason he had, feels like he's virtually a lock to make the roster. I think the biggest question is, does he play left field or center field? It's something where Leota Tavares is probably in center and Carter's probably in left, but we'll see what happens. The thing here for Texas, and the question I really have, is Wyatt Langford and Justin Foscue. I don't know, barring some sort of injury, where you have room for both, okay? Because if you think about your infield is more than set between Nate Lowe, Josh Young, and then Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, you're locked in, right? Now, you did lose Mitch Garver. He was working a lot as your DH. He has gone in free agency, I think, to Seattle. And so is it something where Wyatt Langford makes the roster as your primary designated hitter and rotates through in left field. That's possibly an option. The thing here is your bench is obviously your backup catcher, a full-time outfielder, probably Travis Janikowski. He's a veteran, 33. I don't think they're going to get rid of him completely. And so now the question becomes, do you go with the defensive versatility of a Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran? They can both play infield and outfield. Or do you go with the offensive potential of 
Wyatt Langford. I feel like both of those guys, both Duran and Smith, have minor league options. But at the same time, you could do a full-time DH in Langford and rotate him through left field, give Tavares days off and let Carter kick over to center. I think I want Carter to play every day. And I think I want Langford in the lineup almost every day. And so I guess you can make it work by adding in Langford as your DH. But it still feels like it's not necessarily optimal right now, barring some sort of injury or something. And then do you need both Janikowski and Langford on, in instance, carry five outfielders? Do you need to carry five? Or can you carry four? We'll see what happens here. Given the flexibility of Duran and Smith, Janikowski may not have a job and they may give it to Langford. I think it all depends on how Langford hits. And then again, can you fit Langford and Foscu? I don't know if you can unless Janikowski's gone or maybe one of the Smith or Duran guys. Some of the other teams here, the Mariners. I don't really know how much question we have with the Mariners. They've made a lot of trades to fill in some things, move some money around, stuff like that. But if you look now... It feels like just about everything is full. Second base is set up with Jorge Polanco. But at third base, do you use Josh Rojas? Do you lose, use Luis Urias? Uh, what happens there? And I think ultimately the biggest loser on all of this ended up being Ryan Bliss, right? Because Ryan Bliss would have played a good second base and probably a fringe to average shortstop. But trading for Polanco and then having multiple options with MLB experience in Urias and Rojas means that Bliss at second base, he's blocked. And then you've got other options at third. I don't know if he can play there anyway because of the arm strength. And so I don't really see any of these prospects. Tower Locklear is going to come to spring training as well. I don't see him beating Ty France at first base. It just feels like a lot of your prospects are going to come to training. Obviously, Cole Young is there. I don't expect him to make it. Harry Ford is too far away. Same thing, I don't expect him to make it. So I don't really know where any of these guys potentially make the roster other than maybe Emerson Hancock. Emerson Hancock will be there. And your rotation is more than set. Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Brian Wu, Bryce Miller. It's set. But in your bullpen, you have guys, you just acquired Jackson Kowar via trade. They traded for Gregory Santos. It feels like he's locked in. Is Jackson Kowar locked in? Or does Emerson Hancock have a chance to replace him in the, in the bullpen? We'll see what happens. They signed Austin Voth in January. I'm assuming, I believe that was a major league deal. So he's probably going to make it. But most of these guys in the bullpen have options. So if Emerson Hancock plays, he may have a very good chance to uh, make the case to be up at some point in time. The Oakland A's, I really don't even know what to think here. Mason Miller is reportedly going to be a reliever now versus the starter. You saw they put Ken Wadachuk on the 60-day IL. Does that leave options for a guy like a Roy Salinas or a Freddie Tarnock or Joey Estes to break camp? I don't think you're going to see Salinas break camp. He's been in the lower minors, but a couple other options there. Joe Boyle. I expect Joe Boyle to, to make the roster. Now, I don't necessarily know if he's better than any of your existing starters to the A's. J.P. Sears, Paul Blackburn, Alex Wood, Ross Stripling, Luis Medina, I think he could battle Medina for that last spot. But the problem is Boyle has options and Medina does not. And so it's going to be tough for a lot of these guys to make the roster. Jacob Wilson, this is the first time that you'll see him, I think, at all in Oakland. But he's probably not going to beat Darrell Hernandez at shortstop. 
because he just doesn't have a whole lot of time in the majors being drafted just recently. He was the first rounder last year. Daniel Susek, he's not going to supplement supplant Shea Langoliers as the catcher. Tyler Soderstrom's your other catcher. You've got two young catchers there. So not a lot of guys project to make MLB in Oakland. Uh, the Angels are a guy, it feels like they always have guys that are going to make the, Ross, the majors because they draft guys seemingly with the intention of getting them to the majors almost immediately. Nolan Shanwell, this is the guy we're going to be watching, right? He came up last year. As of now, looking at the roster, he projects to be your starting first baseman. Matt Tice has played some first base, but there is not a lot of other competition for first base with Nolan Shanwell. So he's going to be the guy. You've got some of your other top prospects, uh, Kyron Paris, Nelson Rada, Caden Dana in there. Caden Dana? I don't know if any of them are going to make the roster. A lot of people are excited about Ben Joyce being in camp. I'll remind you what I said when we talked to our friends at Locked on Angels about Ben Joyce. He still, to this day, has not pitched in back-to-back outings. And so it is incredibly hard for a guy in that situation to stick at the major league level when you have a bullpen that is going to face being overworked with that guy in there. What also makes it tough is you have a grand total of one guy with a minor league option in your bullpen, and that is middle reliever Jose Soriano. Everybody else is out of options. And so if you keep Ben Joyce at the major league level, it really handicaps what you can do. Uh, Final team, Houston Astros. Same thing. I don't necessarily think any of these guys are going to break camp with the Astros. This roster feels pretty set for at least one more year. You look at this. Jacob Melton, does he supplant any of your outfielders? Joey Liprofito, infield, outfield, same thing. Pedro Leon, same thing. Uh, I just don't see where these guys get a chance to play. Maybe Spencer Arigetti makes a case to come up and get some pitches, some, uh, some innings. But for the most part, I don't see any of the Astros prospects projected to make this roster out of spring training. Stay tuned. We'll do the National League tomorrow, another Saturday show coming for you. And then Monday's the mailbag if you have questions for us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. We've got uh, email, Discord. All that's in the episode description, in the show notes, in the Linktree link. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 